We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show on Orlando Magic Podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic! What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is August 14th, 2023. Jonathan Osborne here, as always. Joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, what's up, man? How are you? You know, I, I just feel like I say the same thing every time, man, but we're we're a little closer. Football, the the air is still so hot here in Florida and humid. I need I need the the air to cool down a little bit because it is always ninety-nine degrees even at eight PM these days. And uh football is closer, which means we're we're a little bit closer to a little maybe a little more manageable weather. So here in the, I guess I'm still technically in the the Tampa Bay area. I don't know. We have we have Dennis Phillips here, who, in my opinion, is the greatest meteorologist who has ever walked the face of the earth. Mm. Um, but when you watch, you know, uh, action news here, and he was talking about today, we had like an excessive heat advisory, and in the last 20 years in the Tampa Bay area, we've had one excessive heat advisory. This week we had three. So I don't know. That's maybe crazy. maybe there's something to the whole, you know, climate change thing. I I really don't know. That's <laughs> yeah. I don't want to get too deep into that. That's very it gets, it gets to be a very controversial Listen, issue. Man. But it's been hot in Florida. That's all that I'm trying to point out. But I really don't mind the heat and the humidity. I know a lot of people like it really gets to them. But like I grew up on the summers from like the the time the sun came up to the time the sun went down. I was out on like the blacktop like newly tarred blacktop hooping all day every day so there's something nostalgic about me walking outside and just getting hit in the face with that like pressure cooker type of heat and humidity i love it it's uncomfortable I, but it's just it's nostalgic for me i i it's weird but i really enjoy it i'm that way with um and i don't know where this stems from genuinely with my car if i get in and it's kind of like hot and I can, I, you know, I just, I love no, it. No, that feeling Can't, ain't it. I love that feeling. And I, I don't turn on the air for a little bit. And then I'll, uh, then I'll finally, you know, crank up the air when I need That's it. That's kind of weird. Yeah, that one's yeah, a little I don't weird. Know. That one's, I thought that I was, was just weird. 
Yeah, well, you are, but that's just one of my things. Um, when you get in and you can't take a breath because it's 175 degrees in your car. I I like what I like, you know? Okay. All right. Well, say less, I suppose. Uh, yeah, folks. Well, welcome back, uh, you know, to the six man show here. We talk about magic basketball. Um, yeah. So magic news, I guess, is what we should get into at this point. 2K ratings are are starting to roll out, and I was just on 2KRating.com. I don't know how official this is because I didn't see it on the like NBA 2K Twitter. I know they're sending ratings out to like certain players, and I suppose it was revealed that Paolo Bancaro's rating this year in 2K is going to be an 84, which is interesting because the new number one overall pick. Victor Wambanyama, his rating is also going to be an 84. And I think it was announced that Victor Wembanyama's debut is going to be on ESPN against the Dallas Mavericks, if I'm not mistaken. If you remember from last year, Paolo Bancaro didn't actually get a single like big network nationally televised game. His debut was on Bally Sports Florida, which, hey, not throwing any shade at Bally Sports Florida. We love them very much. We prefer them to the other big networks. But just in terms of like hype and you know getting the word out about these young guys, like the 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 Victor Wimbanyama hype to me was always a little bit ridiculous, but it's gotten like to unbearable levels, I feel like. So there's no way that this kid is going to live up to the expectations that have been placed at his feet. Yeah, I don't know what the expectations are. I don't know what he would have to do to live up to them, but it seems very high. Um, and I think that, that, you know, that's something people talk about with like LeBron, right? Like gracing sports illustrated magazine at whatever age he was right in high school with it, you know, talking about him being the King and all of that. And people always talk about how crazy it is that he met the expectation. It is going to be legitimately insane if Victor Wembanyama is able to meet expectations, uh, all of them, like LeBron was able to do, and and whatever, it 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 will be insane to me. He is now officially the highest rated player on the San Antonio Spurs. Um, if you if you look at the Spurs in general, uh, he's eighty four. I want to say, let's see, yeah, so. Keldon Johnson's an 83, um, Zach Collins, 80, uh, Vassell, 81, and then everybody else is in the 70s. I and mean, that team's pretty down bad, honestly. Uh, we know that. But looking at these ratings, like, yeah, they're, that's terrible. But, yeah, so same rating as, as Palo, right? It will be very interesting to see what happens. I mean, this doesn't shock me that he gets that first televised game. He was on the NBA app all last year like we know that this guy will pull views and ratings doesn't isn't shocking but still like you said these expectations are astronomical chris broussard said if wemby is ad kd or hakeem that's a disappointment like we're talking about kd and hakeem like two guys who are arguably like top 15 players of all time if this kid is a top 15 player of all time that's a disappointment I think he was talking about just like given the amount of hype that he's already been given to this point, like everybody expects him to be like a top five basketball player of all time. Like that's just not realistic. Everybody just pumped the brakes. But to me, it's just like, 
oh, you guys think that Victor Wembanyama is already as good as Paolo Bancaro? Okay, let, let's see how this plays out this rookie season. I'm willing to bet, Luke, that Victor Wembanyama does not have nearly as good of a rookie season statistically as Paolo Bancaro did this year. When it comes to counting stats, Paolo Bancaro is, I mean, we saw it, right? Counting stats-wise, he had the best rookie year since LeBron James. He is a great player when it comes. He's a great player in general, but he's a great player, especially when it comes to the the box score, to the counting stats specifically, right? Last year, 20.7 rebounds, 3.7 assists. Wimbanyama, and people looked at me crazy on draft night when I said this. I know he is going to get the ball a lot, but I genuinely think his points per game is going to be 16 points a game, 15 points a game. I just think defensively he is so much better, and that's where a lot of his value is going to lie, especially his first year in the league. His defensively, his versatility, and his ability to step out on the perimeter when needed and that sort of thing. I just can't. I, I don't think that offensively he is going to be what everybody thinks early on. That does not mean that he doesn't develop into being a KD like offensive weapon. But starting out the gate, I, I would be surprised if he averaged 20 points a game like Paolo. So, yeah, to that point, I don't think he has, from that perspective, as good of a season as Paolo Bancaro. I think the Spurs stink this year. Uh, I, you know, I think that there's, they're not going to, I don't know, like how many games did the Spurs win last season? Um, like 19. Yeah. So do we think that they matched the Magic's win total from last year? I don't know. The Magic, Palo had a lot better guys around him, but the point 22 still stands. games for the Spurs last year. Yeah. So that what they'd have to increase by 12 games. I don't know if Victor Wimanyama is getting you a 12 game improvement. I don't know what their injury luck was like last year. But better than ours. That's true. So I, I don't know, man. We'll we'll see what Wimby can do his first year, but I just will not be shocked if, if people are underwhelmed because you've given him this these expectations that just aren't realistic, especially in your first year. I think people are going to be disappointed with with his stats in the first season compared to what they thought. I feel like there's people out there, Jonathan, that are irrational and they think Wimby's going to score 23 points a game in his rookie year. I don't think he's going to do that, especially. And if he does, it's not going to be good efficiency, but I don't think he gets there anyway. Well, the other thing to think about is look at the like level of talent that Paolo already had around him on this Orlando team. That's why, like, sure, the 34 wins from last year like ended up being a successful season because of how bad you started the year. But if the Magic start the year like anywhere near a respectable level, they're pretty close to 40 wins last mm-hmm. season. That's why a lot of us are like, hey, like this 35 and a half or 36 and a half win total that you're placing on the Magic for next season is crazy. And hey, why can't they be the seventh seed or the eighth seed next season? Right. Like, there's no Franz Wagner on that team. Like, sure, like Keldon Johnson is like pretty good. Vassell is pretty good. Collins is okay. There's a few other guys on that team that are decent. Like when you just go top to bottom, you know, Franz Wagner, Markel Fultz, Wendell Carter Jr., like Gary Harris, like cool. even though that team obviously wasn't incredible, I still think it's better than the level of talent that Wemby is going to have around him his first year. And Wemby is very certainly going to be handed the keys from day one. All of that considered, I I really don't think we're going to be looking at Wemby's rookie year and be like, wow. 
no, that's actually the best rookie season that we've seen since LeBron. Like, I think we'll still be like, hey, like, that's how good Paolo was his rookie mm-hmm. year. And yeah, like, we expect Paolo to sort of like flirt potentially with an all star appearance this year because he is going to be more efficient and score more points and probably have, you know, probably similar rebound and assist numbers, maybe an uptick in the assist numbers, but going to have more wins. And come time for those, you know, reserves to be voted on. If Paolo has the magic, like square in the playoff conversation, you know, come December, January, February of next year, like you're going to hear Paolo's name on podcast mentioned as like, oh, hey, I thought about putting this guy in as a East Reserve and so on and so forth. So we just felt that that was pretty interesting. And uh, we, it's, this is not magic uh, related news necessarily. It's, it's more NBA related news for next year, but uh, Shams the other day, what was this Thursday, tweeted out, I've just lost it here, uh, just in opening night schedule for the 2023-2024 season. It's going to be October 24th on TNT, Los Angeles Lakers at the Denver Nuggets, and then the Phoenix Suns at the Golden State Warriors. And then he also tweeted out that the NBA Christmas Day games for the 2023-2024 season Bucks at Knicks, 76ers at Heat, Celtics at Lakers, Mavericks at Suns, Warriors at Nuggets, Luke. What are your thoughts on opening night schedule and then the the Christmas Day games? Well, you said the opening night is October 24th, correct? That is correct, a Tuesday. So my my first thought, obviously, we we think Magic-centric around here. But my first thought is that what you said, which was this means the Magic are probably going to play the 25th or the 26th. Selfishly, I'm hoping we can start the season off with a bang and be playing on the 25th so that we... It's going to be a late night for us if that's the case because of Wednesday. But I still think it'd be a lot of fun. And we get, obviously, producer Kevin in his role after that game, all of those things, right? We're 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 rolling out everything. It's just the, the 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 trumpets are coming out, and then that Thursday episode will be awesome. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, especially if the Magic get the win. But that, that's the first thing I think about. The other I, thing is really that quick is, yeah, to stop you just right there, mm-hmm. real fast. I'm just thinking like like logistically, all the oh, things it's gonna be happening. Like Kevin. I'm guessing is going to want to be at the home opener and like, we're going to have to record a podcast. We may need to like rent a hotel room and like just stay in Orlando that night and yeah. like figure it out from there. Cause like everybody trying to get home and record a pod and get that out. And Kevin's doing the post game show. Like, but yeah, so it's, it's a, a lot going on there. Right. Yeah. If it's at home. Yeah. That's another thing that uh, we need to consider. And we're going to talk, uh, a little bit more here uh, about the the schedule and, and kind of what we're hoping for with the schedule. But Luke, what was your your second point in talking about those that first slate of games? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. I mean, what is it? Suns, Warriors, that's the late game that night. Is that accurate? Yeah. And then I, that's the one that I'm really excited about. Lakers, Nuggets, I just don't... I don't really care. I think the Nuggets, obviously, the Nuggets are an incredible basketball team led by Jokic and uh, Finals MVP, all of that. But I just, I can't, I don't know, man. I don't know what it is about the Nuggets, if it's the play style or whatever. They play beautiful basketball, but I'd much rather watch a run and gun. So it's the Nuggets that you don't care about in that matchup? Because to me, it's the Lakers. I am i don't give a crap about watching the Lakers opening night. Yeah, I mean, I, if there was a team you're going to care about in that matchup, it's the Nuggets. So for me, it's like, if I don't care about the Nuggets, I probably don't care about the Lakers in this scenario. I I wish the I wish it was reversed and that we got the first game of the year to be Suns Warriors. That's going to be a lot of fun. Like there's probably three or four teams in the Western Conference alone that I would rather see play the Nuggets, like the Kings or, I mean, Jaw is going to be suspended, so I guess not the Grizzlies. Like the Thunder, I'd much rather see like Thunder Nuggets opening night. Like to me, that would well, be a a a, e- a fun matchup. Even if you kind of like flip flop these matchups, right? Like in the Eastern take, Conference, getting no love on opening night. By the way, yeah, whatever. They always like the Western Conference. Um, no, if you were, I, I would have loved Kings Warriors on opening night. We know how fun that series was. Yeah, I would have loved Kings Warriors, and then you know we could you you could have done Suns Suns and Nuggets or whatever. I just think that there was more avenues to explore here. Clearly it's scheduling. It's all this and you know, they they have to nail down so many different variables, but still at the end of the day, those are the two matchups I would have rather preferred over the Lakers and Nuggets. And what about the Christmas day games? Bucks, Knicks. I don't care about that. 76ers heat. Double don't care about that. Celtics, Lakers. Okay. Like that's, you know, sort of like, 
you know, Cowboys and Lions playing on Thanksgiving. Like it feels right. The Celtics and the Lakers on Christmas Day. I know that that might not have happened a ton over the years on Christmas Day, but like that's like a marquee of marquee NBA matchups. Maverick Suns, I kind of am excited for that. And then the late game Warriors Nuggets, that's probably the, the game that day that I would be most excited for. Yeah, I'm just ready for like the big. I know big brands pull views and whatever. People that love basketball in the 90s would turn on and be like, oh, the Knicks are on. I get it. And the Knicks are back in relevance. But it's also. we. I just let's mix it up a little bit. Let's 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 shake the bag and see what we can get, because, yeah, I, I just don't. I, I don't care. Like you said, Sixers heat. I don't really care about that at all. I prefer Bucks Knicks over them for sure. But Celtics Lakers, eh. Mavs, Sun, like, I have the same feelings as you. And I, I'm just waiting for the day. I don't think it'll ever happen that they just mix this up a little bit. Give us, give us the young and fun teams on Christmas that like are going to go all out. We're not having to worry about if one of the star players, like if LeBron is going to rest or whoever else, right? Like I just rather would have the young fun teams play on Christmas. I think that's who the holiday should be for. It just happens to be the magic are also in the young and fun category could have, you know, could give us a Christmas game maybe. Yeah. Like give me, and I know it's obviously, you know, sort of, of difficult. Like they didn't care about the Celtics at all. They're like, you're flying straight across the country, you know, for the, this Christmas game. But a lot of times, you know, they'll try to keep like Eastern conference, you know, Western conference kind of stuff. But like, give me like, you know, the the Cavs and the Kings on Christmas Day. Like, that's an awesome matchup. You know, Donovan Mitchell, De'Aaron Fox, Sabonis, uh, Evan Mobley, and Jared Allen. Like, that would be exciting. Like, I'm sick of seeing these 10 teams play every single year. Like, please mix it up. Yeah, I, you and I had this conversation about something we didn't like, and I don't remember what it was. but the conclusion that I came to was it's just not about us. It's about the fans that are casuals, the people that are never, was, we were gonna, talking about the in season tournament. Yes. So it is about, it is about the people, you know, that, that they need views out of because they're not going to get ratings and views out of them any other time of the year. And then on Christmas day, now you're competing with the NFL. Forget about it. Like you gotta, yeah, you gotta so put bad. these marquee matchups. Because otherwise, people aren't going to... Nobody. I, I, I agree with your sentiment of Cavs-Kings. I would think it's fun. But if I have to choose between that and the NFL slate on Christmas, I'm like, I'm not even turning on the Cavs and the Kings. When the last time you know they did anything outside of LeBron? You know That's how these casual fans are going to think. Outside of LeBron, the Cavs aren't doing anything. They're probably not any good. The Kings haven't been relevant in how long. But we know both teams are up and coming. Donovan Mitchell, it's a bad man. De'Aaron Fox, Sabonis, all bad men. My Christmas is is potentially going to be ruined this year with the Giants playing the Eagles on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Really not super pumped about that. You know, the the last yeah. few like the last decade, the way that Giants Eagles has gone, not super pumped about that. So like any game to to get my mind potentially off of yeah. That uh, that that game. I, you That's, know what? I I do believe in my Giants, though. They they will have a chance to win that game. But yeah, if not, it's gonna ruin my like football Sundays. Always have the just ruin like one game just ruins my entire week. 
during football you and season. I, you and I both know my good buddy that I mentioned every now and then, Brandon Aronowitz, who the mad is man. a big Giants fan. We actually have a chat where basically just you and Brandon talk to each other because I introduced You're an honorary you to I'm just Giants there fan. for the viewings, right? And I, yeah, and the chat is called Real Giants Fans Only. So that was named by me, ironically. But he is a Giants fan, and then he's also a Knicks fan. So he's got to play the Bucks that day, Ooh. and he's got to play the Eagles in football. So he, in our chat, he was in shambles the other day. When he was like, I got to watch both my teams potentially lose on, on Christmas Day. This is going to be the worst Christmas ever. Yeah. So, Sorry, Brandon. Yeah, it's tough. Brandon's got it worse than me. <laughs> we also got news, Luke, that the NBA in-season tournament uh, schedule is going to be released on ESPN's NBA Today show uh, on Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern, which is leading to a lot of speculation that the NBA is getting ready to announce the regular season schedule for all 30 teams. And like just looking back historically, like it usually is like the third or you know, third or so week of August, which we're going to be right in the middle of last year. It was Wednesday, August 17th. And as you're listening to this, you're listening to this the day that it comes out, August 14th. So we're getting there. Like over the last five years or so, it's anywhere from like August 12th to like August 21st. Like, so we're right in the prime window. I think you mentioned last year. Uh, before we started recording, you mentioned that Shams announced that the schedule was going to come out like four days ahead of time. So we may get a, a little window, potentially maybe the end of this week, early next week, I would guess at the absolute latest, Luke. But uh, you are going to walk us through like some of the nuances that we weren't particularly crazy about last year mm-hmm. and just some of the things that we're wishing for this year when it comes to the Magic's regular season schedule. And before we do that, Jonathan, I am just thinking about, you know, the big topic of conversation for us and why we're pumped about schedule release. One of the many reasons it's the, the Kevin producer, Kevin holiday, because it's his favorite day of the quarter, as he pointed out last year, schedule release. But one of the added elements this year is, is going to be that we are going to try to hammer down a date that all of us. We're not going, going to try. We are absolutely we are going, going to hammer, to hammer down, down a date that we all go to a road game. We go to the game. We record after in a hotel or wherever it might be. I, I the end season tournament might be our first glimpse into. Are there any games on that that we're excited about? Because I think that would be uh, the more I think about it, and just basketball season being back in general. Adam Silver said. The jerseys are going to be different for these games. It's going to feel different. They're going to try to make it feel different. The court, he said, might look different. He said, who knows? But you will know this is not a normal regular season game. So that will be interesting to think about as well, Jonathan. Do we factor that in? And do we go to an end season tournament game as the game that we go on the road this year? I'm not sure, but it, it would be fun. I'm in the middle of trying to like sift through our recent text messages uh, to find because we we basically made like a power ranking mm-hmm. of cities that you know we would like to. Here we go. I found it. So number one, we said like Charlotte, just because like the time of year we would like this to be like earlier in the season rather than later, just because it's fun and I don't want to wait that long. 
but like Charlotte weather, it's one of the cheaper cities to travel to. The tickets are going to be cheaper and cookout is in Charlotte. Like I'm not going to, I'm not going to hide that fact at all. It's been a while since I've had cookout and yeah, I'm definitely willing to plan a whole trip around what fast food establishment I'm going to be eating at, but Charlotte, Brooklyn. So Brooklyn was number two on our list. We kind of, I don't, I wouldn't say it was like, you know, uh, uh, unanimous, but we all kind of agreed on this list. So Brooklyn is going to be one of the road games, you know, for the, the, you know, in season tournament, Chicago was like at the last of the cities that we said we were, we would think about this year. Chicago was ranked sort of last on that. So it'll be interesting to see that, but I would love to go to Brooklyn. Yeah. And, and if Just you guys are in New York and the food and everything, the arena yeah. might not be great, but I don't really care about that. The, yeah. So if you guys are listeners are listening or if you're watching, Feel free, drop it in the comments. Have you guys been to any away arenas? Maybe you live close to them and you go to Magic when the Magic come there. Let us know what your feelings are about some of those road arenas because we're taking all advice and all insight because we don't want to mess this up. We don't want to do this and be like, oh man, this sucked. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen unless the Magic get blown out by, by 40. Then we'll say this sucks no matter where we go. But anyway, that's just a little side note there, Jonathan. As far as last season and what what last season's schedule was like, I took a trip down memory lane. I went back, listened to last year's schedule release where we had, you know, obviously yourself, myself, and producer Kevin on. We went through, you know, what we liked, what we didn't like. Here's some of the things. Home opener came off of a back to back. We don't want that. We don't Definitely want it not. at all. And also, what happened, you know, you actually hang tighter than you would have thought for starting the year 0-2 against Detroit and Atlanta. You lose that game by six. But yeah, you just don't want that. Maybe if you don't have a back-to-back, you win your home opener against Boston. Also, getting a nationally televised game, we got one last year and we got flexed out of it because Chet Holmgren decided to get hurt and be make it an inconvenience for us to not get a nationally televised game. So we're going to hope that we get one or two and keep them right? We, that's the goal this year. Don't get flexed off. Maybe a little bit more flexing on would be, would be welcomed. Last year, in the rankings of how it worked and back-to-back, things like that, you technically had good rest unlike the season before. So I think we want more of that. We want more rest advantage. Also, another note is that last year, Teams flew and traveled the least amount that they ever had in NBA history in this 82-game era that we're in with 30 teams. So another thing to look for. Hopefully they do that. I'm sure NBA PR will tweet it out, much like they did last year, about the travel and how it stacks up, especially if they're proud of it. Hopefully it's in the same ballpark. Then you had a seven-game homestand early in the season last season. The Magic completely fluffed. And it wasn't just that it was a seven-game homestand, Jonathan. There was no back-to-backs in that seven-game homestand. Now, granted, it was a little bit of a bad taste in our mouth because you were six of eight of your first games on the road to start the year, in which the Magic did not fare well. For those that know, some of you might have forgotten by now or tried to forget about it. The Magic start the year one and seven last year in their first eight where they have six of them on the road. And really the last thing I will add to this, Jonathan, is that Kevin put together, like I asked him as producer, Kevin holiday of the quarter, 
what is your perfect idea of what the schedule could look like? He said, number one, obviously, you don't start six of eight on the road. He said, your home opener and your or your last game of the season at home. Last year, your first two games on the road. And then your last two games also on the road. Complete trash. And he was right about it, right? You go 0-4 in those games. Now, near the end, that was really a lot of you know tankery the last couple of years, games of the year. But the beginning of the season, you weren't healthy. You lose your first two games anyway. Um, and then the other thing was there wasn't really a stretch of games that you could get excited about because there was always in there one or two teams out of four game or five game stretch against teams that you're like, man, we're just not going to win that game. Win streaks are going to happen, but we want to be able to look at it now that the Magic are better. We know that factors into it, right? Who the Magic we're confident they can beat. But we want more stretches of games where we look at it and we're like, Magic could win three out of four there. Or the Magic could win four out of four, or four out of five, whatever it is. That was really the list that I wrote down based on last year's episode, what we liked, what we didn't like about the schedule, and looking ahead to the schedule this, you know, that's going to hopefully be released this week, if not early next week. Yeah, I'm just, again, looking forward to like sitting down and you know, we joke about it, but we get to plan like the next six to seven months of our life. Finally, <laughs> like so much of the off season is like uncertainty. Like it's, you know, Wednesday morning and we're like, hey, what are we talking about tonight? Yeah. Like, you know, just trying to figure that kind of stuff out. And part of the regular season is like, hey, we don't have to do that. Like we'll have games and we'll be able to look ahead, you know, to the schedule and, and do those kind of things. But just like in terms of like, okay, hey, if you want to have a little, you know, quick weekend getaway with the wife. This is the weekend you can do that. Right. Or hey, we're we're trying to do, you know, twenty six fan shows this year outside of Amway. What twenty games do we want that to be? When are we going to do this road trip? You know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So that's I'm really looking forward to that and just like knowing like, hey, this is when the season is starting. This is who we're playing and. It's just going to be, I was not really that excited about it last year, like when it came out, but I think it was like Kevin's just, Kevin loves schedule release day so much. It's almost like infectious. And then we did have fun sort of going through that. It was the first time that I had really ever done that, like game by game. And then we can go through and say, hey, this is what we think the Magic's record you know, is going to be. And what did, what did you and I say? Did you listen that far into last year's episode to see like I, what our predictions were? I'm pretty positive that this might have been when I gave my first prediction of the year and kind of stuck to it throughout the remainder of, of the season. I don't remember. I didn't listen that far to hear yours, um, but I do remember that my win prediction was 38, which honestly was attainable last year if you weren't kind of out of the play and getting down the stretch there's the last few games or really the last three games of the year. You could have gone on to win 37 games. So I felt good about it. But yeah, we were able to kind of put based on the stretches that you have. And like you said, you lay it out and you're able to predict what's going to happen this year. I, 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 I'm pretty pumped. And like you said, I didn't really care, to be honest, last year. But then throughout the episode, I was like, man, this is actually fun. And then this year, we have so much content to plan around the schedule. Things like the post-game live show, things like the, the six-fan show. Those are the things that get me excited about the schedule and also us obviously choosing what city we're going to go to for a quick trip, record, or whatever. Would you ever, Jonathan, consider... You had kind of those mini-series last year. Would you ever consider if it's 
whatever it is, right? I don't know if it's like a a weekend or even during the week, whatever, a little mini series in another city. If the team is like enticing enough, the city is enticing enough to go, go to both games, stay a couple nights, record at least one episode. I don't know. They, they, you know, we saw a glimpse of that last year in terms of, you know, at Toronto, Cleveland, I think at home, Philly, whatever else. But we saw that got a glimpse into that kind of mini two game schedule. Maybe the boys let us hang out on the off day, you know? Mm. Hey, uh, you know, we're in we're in Philly too, guys. You guys want to get some <laughs> cheesesteaks and chill, you know? No, that would be dope. Like, if it is, well, Kevin, like, really doesn't want to do Philly for whatever reason. Like, you know, hostile yeah. fans, I think, is, is probably the, the biggest reason. Um, but, yeah, I would I would be down for that. Like, if they have a, a two-game stint in Brooklyn or yeah. Charlotte or wherever, I think that would be a dope idea. And then a lot of people have just like talking on social media have been talking about like everybody, like a lot of people taking a trip down to that dirty stinking city down dirty, south dirty of us. City. So we'll, we'll be, we'll be looking into to all of that and, and seeing what we can set up. But yeah, within the next, you know, I would say two or three episodes, we should have the schedule and be able to, to break all that down. So looking forward to that, that's going to be a lot of fun. Luke, let's take a quick break to shout out our wonderful patrons, the folks that help make each and every episode possible. So as we are getting close to the season, if you have enjoyed our off-season content and you've heard us go through you know, this little pitch each episode where we talk about our patrons, maybe there's a little bug in the back of your head saying, you know what, I, I need to help those guys continue this mission of growing the Orlando Magic fan base. If you're interested in that at all, for as little as $2 a month, plus other tiers where we have additional benefits. You can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash the six man show. A part of being one of our Hall of Fame or elite tier patrons is that we shout you out each and every episode. So I'll go ahead and start right now with the court cousins, Drew Gooden, Armin, Carson Tulo, Jonathan Borges, normal magic player history, Gabe Gaines, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapong, the distract donkey punch, Dave, Paolo and Francis Warmth, Pierre A, Nostalgia and Eminem, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Eduardo Sanchez, Drum, Drum, Drummy, Drum, Drum, Danimal, Dotto 15, Bobby Skinner, PV in the Mix, Goaty 93, Teddy Sylvia, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Juan Gerardo, Bill Fulton, Edmund Lagone, Jose Esquilin, Destined for Greatness, Caleb Pete, Cannibalism, Time, Mr. TV, ESPN Really Sucks, Gear 95, Shred, Junior, Baruce, Half Reek, and Shahin 177, Bobby the Dawn, Himlo, Ben Himro, RM Prov two two one Ray Pastrana Magic Kid seven one four Spank Two Hard Soft Taco Fuego Nando Victor Cologne Irish Magic Mike Austin Lampy Random Hustle Only Franz Maria Keith Wallace Fritz Trade for Grady We Need Dick Currency Kev Bruv Sal A big thanks to all of our patrons again. Find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, 
you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Luke, we're back talking more international basketball. We've got quite a few games to cover really from the last couple of days, Saturday and Sunday. Both Germany and the U.S. had back-to-backs. Germany was playing in the Basketball Super Cup in Hamburg. They played China on Saturday. And they uh, demolished China 107-58. to Our boy Franz Wagner led all scores in that game. 20 points. He had five rebounds, one assist in 20, 21 minutes. A 7 of 13 from the floor, 3 of 5 from the arc. Uh, just a really, really good game for our boy Franz Wagner. And not too much really to break down about this game. As the great philosopher and analyst Luke Silvia once said, they simply got out-talented. Mm. Like just Germany is just yeah. so much more talented at this point than China um, that this game was a 30, 40, 50-point game uh, really throughout the entirety of the second half. It just really was not close. And then uh, Canada beat New Zealand in the Super Cup semifinal on Saturday as well. So Germany faced off against Canada in a rematch from just eight days prior in the Super Cup final. That game, Franz Wagner gets into foul trouble uh, in the second quarter. He had two fouls. And in FIBA, your technical fouls count towards your total personal foul count. So he had two fouls, gets a rebound goes coast to coast. If you've seen the replay on social media, this absolutely disgusting gather Eurostep from the three-point line, takes two steps is at the rim, finger rolls it in. Felt like he got some contact, and you can see him like yell at the refs, picks up the technical foul, picks up his third foul, um, which put Germany really in a, in a, in a tough spot there. Uh, they try to manage you know, the, the fouls throughout the second half. Uh, he picks up the fourth. I believe it was in the third quarter. So he had to miss some more time. Dennis Schroeder, who is really the story for Germany in this game, he finishes in 25 minutes, 26 points, three rebounds, eight assists, six of 10 from the floor, uh, four of seven from the arc, 10 of 10 from the free throw line. But Dennis Schroeder also fouled out early in the fourth quarter of this game. Daniel Tice, it seemed like had some kind of minutes restriction. He played 20 minutes in this game. Didn't see a lot of Tice in the fourth quarter, I think, if at all. And Gordon Herbert, the head coach of the German national team, didn't really decide to put him back in down the stretch of this game. I believe Germany had like a five-point lead with about a minute to go in this game and just totally squandered away. R.J. Barrett hits a tough layup to force overtime. Franz had a really good look at the game winner, couldn't connect. They go to overtime and Germany loses 113 to 112. Canada wins the uh, basketball Super Cup final in Hamburg. Um, but really, just a, a, an impressive performance from RJ Barrett was 13 of 14 from the floor in this game. But after the way that Germany beat Canada the week before, uh, this just like reassured that to me that Germany is good enough, they are deep enough to compete with the most talented teams that are going to be in the FIBA World Cup. And if Schroeder, Franz aren't in foul trouble and Daniel Tice plays down the stretch, like the, you know, throughout the stretch of this game, 
I'm confident that Germany would have beat them again. The one thing that's been a little bit interesting is that Mo Wagner hasn't really played as much as we had anticipated coming into this tournament. Part of that is he wasn't able to play, you know, in, in Eurobasket last year, I'm sure. But you also have to wonder, like, are they just kind of trying to keep Mo Wagner a secret as they move into the World Cup? It's been, you know, interesting. It's something that we'll continue to to keep an eye on, Luke. Uh, but yeah, a great game in, in Canada versus Germany today. Yeah, I mean, you look at the box score. Transparently, I have not been on my 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 FIBA friendly flow as much as you have. Spitting that's bars. for certain. You know, I try, but in looking at the box score, it just looks like you had an NBA uh, NBA showcase there in this one. Your top six scorers of the game are all NBA players. You had RJ Barrett with 31, Schroeder with 26, SGA with 25, Olenek with 21, Franz Wagner with 18, Tice with 16. So those were really, I mean, it was the NBA show. And then Mo Wagner didn't play much, but I mean, you look at his his field goals and you're like, oh, okay, I kind of get it. He was one for six in his 16 minutes. Not exactly what you want. Maybe a game to forget for him. Able to get rebounds, but that's really all he brought to the table. You know, he wasn't even able to... I mean, he, the only thing he did well is what he always does well, which is get to the free throw line. Six for six. The one thing that I keep coming back to, like especially as Franz Varner, like was in foul trouble, you know, in the first half and you know most of the second half as well, is like the little drama, I guess, between Dennis Schroeder and Maxi Kleber that caused Maxi Kleber to drop out of the World Cup, you know, roster for Germany, and then Nick Weiler Babb, who uh, suffered, I think it was, was it an ankle injury, I don't remember, but he's not able to play in this tournament. And like a lot of guys stepped up today, like Mauro Lowe, uh, Teeman, you know, off the bench as well. Voitman came in and and he hit a big shot as well. But like, if you had a guy, either like Nick Weiler Babb or even better, like a Maxi Kleber to go to in those minutes that Franz Wagner. Yo know, was in foul trouble and was not able to be on the floor. I would feel even that much better about Germany's chances like heading into the World Cup. But these two games the last eight days against Canada, like for me, really solidified that Germany should be able to go up against, you know, really maybe I don't know. We'll we'll get kind of get a preview of this in later this week, Germany versus the USA. Obviously the USA being the most talented team, talented team mm-hmm. in the the world cup obviously from top to bottom but yeah this was just a really fun basketball weekend uh to to watch germany and then moving on to the u.s so everybody was super excited about this uh usa showcase in malaga spain as the u.s was set to take on slovenia who luka Doncic plays for slovenia and then to play spain on sunday in their own little back-to-back uh, but early Saturday, it was announced that Luka Doncic would not be playing for Slovenia. They had a game the day before, and he got a little bit banged up. And obviously, they want to keep him healthy and, and rest him for the World Cup. So we did not see Luka Doncic against the USA. Um, and that just really ended up in the USA, just coasting to a 92-62 to 62 win over Slovenia. Paolo Bancaro, I think in 11 minutes, had 8 points and 2 rebounds and another a monster block like the one we saw against Puerto Rico last Monday, uh, but just a, a solid performance by the U.S. And then because that game really wasn't as big of a deal with Luka Doncic playing, not that you want to ignore it, but there were you know some issues with the U.S. in this game 
rebounding, defense at times, their focus, their shot selection, some of the turnovers, and with a quick 24-hour turnaround to go against Spain, who even though they don't have Ricky Rubio, they're the number one ranked FIBA team in the world. This was definitely going to be the U.S.'s biggest challenge so far through these friendlies. And Spain gave the U.S. basically everything they could handle until the last few minutes when Anthony Edwards said, you know what, I'm, I think I'm just going to take over in this game. Uh, but the U.S. wins 98-88. to 88. Really, for the first you know three and a half quarters, that game was back and forth. Like, so much talent on that Spain roster. And for the U.S., all the talent that they have, right? Like, the offense really isn't an issue. They have guys that can just go and get a bucket whenever they want. Like, Jalen Brunson was fantastic in this game today. At one point, the U.S. had 62 points. Jalen Brunson had 20 of those points. But it's going to come down to, for me, Luke, the U.S.'s shot selection and just whether or not they're able to rebound. Like looking yeah. at the statistics for today, looking for the rebounds here. Uh, the, the, I'm looking at the the Spanish, uh, you know, basketball federation website right now, and the 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 box score isn't exactly ideal, so it's tough for me to see. But I would venture to guess that Spain had a, a really good amount of offensive rebounds today. And we're eating on those second chance opportunities. And they they just have a, a ton of talent. They've been playing together, a lot of these guys, for a really long time. Able to knock down big shots and big moments. Obviously, they were playing in Spain. Had the home court advantage. And yeah, it was a, a big test for the U.S. Paolo didn't play all that well. Uh, I would venture to say that really everybody on the team had issues with shot selection and, and turnovers today. Uh, Paolo had a, a few turnovers late, which uh, prompted Kerr to sub him out almost like immediately after one of the last turnovers to bring Jaron Jackson back. But Paolo has basically like really solidified like being the backup five for this team, or at least it seems that way. He didn't play all that much against Slovenia, and it seemed like maybe they're holding him for this back-to-back where they're going to play Spain. And against Spain, like basically every time Jaron Jackson came out, maybe with the exception of a minute or two, Paolo was the backup five. So he's really going to have a great opportunity to be impactful, especially as this team gets deeper into the tournament. If the U.S. plays to their potential, I'm not saying anything groundbreaking, they're going to run away with this tournament, I think, uh, really because no Nikola Jokic, no Giannis Antetokounmpo. We'll see how Luka Doncic, how he holds up. The, the big... Threats are going to be Germany, Canada, uh, Australia. I'm probably uh, Spain as well. So, but if the U.S. like defense has been solid, they just got to figure out like the flow of the offense and rebounding. They can figure those two things out in these you know last couple of friendly games here. It's gonna be it's gonna be scary for the the stars and stripes come uh, World Cup time. Yeah, the, I think the biggest thing for me, just as a, a Magic fan, is going to see. Palo Bencaro's minutes and how they are come actual group play, right? Group when it comes to group play, what is Palo getting? Is he, you know, getting yanked as soon as he has a bad turnover or a couple, or whatever? I think he'll he'll kind of get that that rookie sophomore type treatment for sure during this, you know, during this World Cup. But I, I am interested to see how long his leash is going to be, what his minutes are going to be like, and how he handles it. Yeah, I'm not worried about. Paolo at all like I said a lot of guys had issues with 
turnovers and you know decisions today. You could tell that he was trying to do the right things. Just had some unlucky plays, but was also just a little bit loose with the handle at times. And for again, a, a team that is as experienced as Spain, you can't have a lot of those mental errors. Like the U.S. was up ten at halftime, start of the third quarter. Spain goes on a nine to nothing run to cut the lead to one. I believe, I believe took the lead um, at one point in the third quarter as well. But again, like the last couple of minutes, Anthony Edwards was just like, "No, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna end this game," and effectively did that. So I've just had, you might be able to tell, I've had a ton of fun watching you know these international games like Saturday and Sunday was both all right I've got Germany playing at 1230 I've got the U.S. playing at 330 and like the half hour or 45 minutes that I had in between the Germany games and the U.S. games on Saturday and Sunday I was piecing together Franz Wagner highlights from that day's Germany game and I'm looking forward to more we have what is it six yeah we have six international friendlies that are relevant to the Magic this week, uh, not including Georgia. I, I've looked again and again and again, and it's it's hard for me to to be able to find when they're playing and and you know who they're playing and being able to watch those games. So this is just including Australia, Germany, and the U.S. So starting on Tuesday, the fourteenth at five forty-five a.m. Eastern time, I I can't promise that I'm going to watch uh, these games. Australia is going to play Venezuela on Tuesday at 5.45. Then on Wednesday, Australia is going to take on Brazil at 5.45. And then a Thursday, Australia is going to take on South Sudan at 5.45 a.m. Eastern time. Going to get our first looks this uh, international cycle at our boy Joe Ingles. Uh, and then Friday, the fun starts again for the USA and Germany. Uh, USA is going to play Greece uh, in Abu Dhabi on Friday. That game is going to tip off at 12 o'clock. Originally was going to be really excited for that because Giannis was playing for Greece, but he's been ruled out for the rest of the summer for Greece as he uh, recovers from a knee procedure. And then Saturday, Germany is going to play Greece. So again, that game might not be all that exciting, but then we get the most exciting friendly of the friendly season here right before the World Cup. Uh, what is that? Sunday at 12 o'clock Eastern USA versus Germany. Paolo Bancaro versus Franz Wagner. Really looking forward to that. And then after that, we've got four days next week, Monday through Thursday of no international basketball. And then we'll get uh, the FIBA World Cup kicked off on Friday with, I think, Australia versus Finland. I don't have it in front of me, but that's what I recall. But of course, we'll continue to cover this in the you know the next couple episodes leading up to the FIBA World Cup. But yeah, like the last you know week or so of August, and then the first ten days of September are going to be really fun. Just watching a ton of not really Magic basketball, but kind of Magic basketball. Yeah, I think that the most obviously, like you said, the long-awaited friendly would be USA versus Germany for the sake of Palo versus Franz. But ultimately, ultimately, I'm going to be tuning in that for Franz Wagner uh, to to see because Paolo is going to probably continue getting kind of limited run here. But Franz being really one of, if not the guy for this Germany team, seeing how he, he fares against Team USA, how Team USA handles him, and if they're able to just shut him down immediately or if Franz is going to give him fits. I hope he does. Yeah, and I'm able to confirm uh, August 25th, 4 a.m. Eastern, by the way. Australia versus Finland. Yeah. 
And then that same day uh, is going to be Germany versus Japan, August 25th, which is my birthday, by the way. Uh, that game birthday. is going to be at 810. Oh, thanks so much. Yeah, you mm. can you can save it a, a bit longer. We got a, a few more days. These are the last waning days of my 20s. I'll, I'll be 30 on August 25th. Mm. Not really looking forward to that. But, mm. you know, I'm, I'm working on getting in the best shape of my life. I want my prime right. to be on the other side of 30. That's what I've been telling myself. Like, you're going to be the best possible version of yourself on the other side of 30. If mm. I can do that. You know, you can just write my life down as a success. Like, oh, what about that Jonathan Osborne guy? What was his life like? You just write success. Like it, he he figured it out. He had it all figured out by the time it was said and done. Mm. But uh, yeah, Luke, I think that is going to do it for this episode. We're really looking forward to the uh, in-season tournament uh, schedule release that's coming out. And then hopefully this week we get the regular season uh, schedule and we'll be able to go through that with all of you little you know little little rascals out there i don't know i don't i I think it's time we wrap this one up what do you think yeah all right that's gonna do it for this one you little rascals (laughs) all right for luke sylvia this has been jonathan osborne you all have been listening to the six man show and we will catch you guys next time see ya thanks for listening to the sixth man show be sure to subscribe on itunes and spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Six Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! Ah!